Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up? Welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. As always, John Kelly here with Jeremiah Stringer, the king of Kentucky backpacking, rocking the outdoor beard shirt. I am. It goes with my outdoor beard's beard. Well, and with the weather that's coming up this weekend, you may need that beard because it's going to be like Wisconsin cold in Kentucky. I actually think, I looked in like Detroit and Cleveland and places like that, Mm -hmm. it's going to be colder in Kentucky than it is in Detroit, Michigan. It's wild, dude. It reminds me of a few years ago whenever I went out and uh, camped in this polar vortex. Yeah. And I... I had a trip planned with my wife and the two people that we did the Foothills Trail with, and I said, I don't think it's safe for you to come, Bridget, and I think it's going to be too cold. And then it ended up, you know, being in low teens, single digits. Oh, yeah. Woke up. There's a layer of ice on everything. Had to thaw out my pants. Couldn't put them on. They were frozen solid. Your pants were frozen solid? Well, we got soaking wet the day before. Oh, and uh, I, got and I, then got I just kind of took them off and threw them in the bottom of my tent. Yeah. And I woke up the next day and then I picked them up and they were totally frozen. That's crazy. Awesome. I also should probably say um, if you hear anything in the background, we're at our favorite local place to record, Mono's Coffee Shop. Yes. Right outside of beautiful Lexington, Kentucky. And uh, I just drove up here and it's freezing. <laughs> It's cold outside, but it's going to get colder. Yeah. Like, actually, today and t- like today it's supposed to get in, like, upper 40s. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow night's supposed to get in the upper 40s. And then it's supposed to rain on Thursday. And that brings the cold, the cold polar vortex to us. Well, um, I told Bridget, she has, like, a... She does every year with her best friend a, like, little Christmas dinner, just the two of them. And they've been friends since they were, like, in second grade. And right. they do this every year. And she's trying to find a time to schedule this because everybody's holiday season. Merry Christmas, everybody, by Oh, the absolutely. Way. Merry Christmas. Um, everybody's holiday season is super, super busy. It's hard to find time to do anything because you got family, friends, and all that. And uh, she's like, well, I think we're going to do it, um, I don't know, it was like Thursday or Friday night. And I was like, well, you know that it's going to rain all day, and it's going to be, like, seven degrees and I was like, we're expecting one to three inches of snow, which may sound like nothing to some people, but in Kentucky, three inches of snow is a big deal, especially if it's rained all day. It's then- only a big deal because Kentucky officials don't know how to deal with snow. Yeah. If they and knew the how ice. to deal with snow, like up north, it'd be no big deal. But we also have these places in Kentucky you don't have in a lot of other places called mm-hmm. hollers. Yeah, hollers. And people live down hollers, and we're not talking about holla, we're talking about hollers. We're talking like... <laughs> These, these like, dirt roads that are windy, and they're one lane, and they're just yeah. treacherous on a normal day, but you throw ice on those roads, and nobody's getting anywhere. Yeah, I was worried about her driving, because I know if it's going to rain all day, the, there'll be a layer of ice. And like you said, we just don't know how to deal with that down south. No, no. So, well, I remember okay moving though. down here 
like after I graduated high school. I grew up in I grew up in Northern <laughs> Ohio, so yeah. I I went to high school in Northern Ohio, and yeah. we moved down here. And I remember the first year we got like a half an inch of snow, and they canceled school. Yeah, and I was like, you can't even ride a sled in this. Now they have snow trucks up north. Yeah. Ice trucks, yeah, the 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 salt trucks, yeah, yeah, with plows. You call it a snow truck, I call it an ice truck. They're salt <laughs> trucks. They're salt trucks. They don't carry snow or ice. They carry salt. Well, so, yeah. it is a holiday season. Have you got all your Christmas shopping done? No, <laughs> I just I stopped at Walmart on the way here. Right, dude, it's popping. Oh, I bet it's popping. There's lines. There's lines of people. It right now is like eleven a.m. Eleven a.m. on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. Yeah, we're recording this on the twentieth. Releasing on the 21st, so everybody's listening to it. Yes. Christmas is upon us. We're just days, <laughs> mere days away. I got my stocking stuffers for Bridget the day before yesterday. I'm going to be honest, dude. We won't talk about Christmas the whole time here. We are going to get into some winter backpacking Yes, we are. Stuff. Yes, we are. But uh, I got my stocking stuffers for Bridget the day before yesterday. And honestly, dude, she's the only person I buy for. It is a surprise whenever we open up Christmas gifts with other people because i have no idea what they're going to get i just give her a budget and she takes care of all the shopping so for me going into walmart and getting that cord and being surrounded by all the people it's a little overwhelming (laughs) everybody's waiting to the last minute to get their last shopping in okay so i went to a place i've never been to before today where'd you go i went to bucky's Oh, now have you ever heard of Bucky's? (laughs) Now the people who live in Texas, you know what this is. Like this is like all over Texas. Yes, I went into Bucky's a few times after hearing all the hype because they put one in on I seventy five near Richmond. Yeah, near Richmond. Yeah, before you get there, if you're going northbound, and I said I got to check it out, and I went in and it's massive. Yes, it's like the size of a Walmart, and it's a car stop. It's not a truck stop. Non truck stop. It's a car stop. Yeah, they it's like a it's like a gas station superstore. Yeah, it, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's have, unbelievable. They have they make like pulled meat right in front of you. Mm-hmm. They they smoke meat. They Talking have, like brisket and pulled pork and like legit stuff. Yeah, and right next to it, they have like a taco bar, like all this um, the wall of beef jerky. A wall if you're a backpacker, jerky. you want to get beef jerky, go to Bucky's. And the desserts, dude. Oh man, it's insane. We we went in and got like a pound of fudge. You can get <laughs> they got <laughs> salted caramel. They got extra chocolate. I was gonna go grab a pound of fudge. Well, road trip, dude. Yeah, yeah. When you're taking a road trip, you're on the interstate. I would suggest stopping there. Oh yeah, it's really cool. I mean, it's it's a neat place to go check out, but it is it is massive. It is massive. Did you try the beaver nuggets? No, but several people did. They they were like people were buying them by the bag full. I ended up getting their homemade potato chips. Homemade potato chips. Yeah, they do. They do their own potato chips there. You could have got you some good stocking stuffers there. I did for my kids. Oh, okay. So I found these. It, it looked like Legos, but they were candy. <laughs> Legos you could eat. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, oh, my kids are gonna love this stuff. So I got a huge bag of those. I'm gonna split it up between the two of them, put them in their stockings. I got Bridget. Uh, an assorted bag of Dove chocolate. It's your favorite chocolate. Ooh, that sounds good. And, you know, I was walking through Walmart. This is a couple of days ago, and I was looking for these stocking stuffers. She had me getting something. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Some Christmas gifts for kids. We had, um, like, a little friend's Christmas. Right. Over the weekend. And, dude, 
I was left with the task of going and buying three kids' gifts. One kid that is seven months old, one kid that was eight, and one kid that was six. And when I say I had no idea what I was doing, that is an understatement. I went straight to the <laughs> toy section, and I was like, you know, I could probably get this girl like a Barbie or something. I looked. Dude. Eight million Barbies. Well, there's millions of Barbies, and they're all very expensive. And I was like, well, let's see what else. These kids' toys were insane, dude. A Nerf gun. Yeah. Little Nerf gun. Little pistol. Mm-hmm. You know? Tiny. Comes with two darts. It's like 10 bucks. Like, this is outrageous. This this gun was probably produced in China for like 15 cents. And I'm paying $10 for this. I walked out of there. I'd spent $50 and got like three things and then some stocking stuffers. Yeah, welcome to being a parent in the 22nd. Well, it feels like the 22nd century. It's the 21st century. No, it is a... Yeah, it's 21st century. How the centuries work again? I can't remember. <laughs> but I, It's I numbers, got the, man. It's numbers. We're, the, it's morning, too, so you know. The stocking stuffers, I, got, I was looking around for different stuff. And um, I got her, you know, the chocolates and some different Canyon stuff. And I walked past, and um, I was thinking, yeah, this would be good. And I got it. And I was like, ah, this probably only be a couple bucks. Five dollars. And I didn't know if this is a bad stocking stuffer or not. I didn't want to tell her that. I didn't want to make her think that her breath was stinky. But I right, got her some right. of these little Listerine strips. You ever tried those? Yes. Okay. Is that a good stocking stuffer or not? Because I don't want to. Does your ins- wife care about her breath? <sighs> I hope so. I care about her breath. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody should care about their breath. <laughs> I didn't know if like maybe that was something that's like a big deal to her because if it's a big deal to her then yeah you probably made the right choice. No, I don't think she ever has said anything about it. She has uh, she just like me, brush her teeth twice a day, and floss at night. Well, there you go. Yeah. Now, do you use actual floss? Or do you use the floss sticks? I try both. I use the floss sticks right now. I but use the sticks. I got a bad habit of chewing on them. Oh really? I don't think it's good for my teeth. It could be strengthening them. Well, I just we'll, we'll say it'll say it's like working your teeth out. You're getting, you're strengthening them. All I know is when I get a good teeth cleaning, my gums do not bleed. Nice. Yeah, I'm proud of that. Nice. I need one soon. <laughs> okay, I need we, one soon. Okay, so let's let's talk a little bit because this weekend, for those of you who are wa- who are listening to this or watching this mm-hmm. on Wednesday through Christmas Day on Sunday, um, it is going to be cold, and there are friends of mine mm-hmm. who are going to go backpacking this weekend. Yeah. In that cold. Now, my guess is. If Miyagi on the trail is listening or watching, yeah, he's probably laughing to himself right those now. Those wheels are probably spinning. He's probably thinking, "How far north can I get? Uh huh. And how cold can it be? And can I be out in it?" Yeah, because they do like uh, forty below. They do frozen butt hanks. Yeah, they they're all about it. So so the big thing right now that we're going to talk about is how do you keep warm mm-hmm. when the weather dips to well 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 below freezing? Let me say one thing here. Now, I think we're going to give some good, clean advice on this. We're going to have a good time talking about it. But I also want to plug um, My Life Outdoors. I saw he uh, released a video on this same topic. Fantastic, fantastic video. And, dude, that video, I'd say it's probably a week old, maybe. He is killing it, dude. That video has like six or 700,000 views. Well, it should. Have you watched it? No, I haven't watched it. You need to watch it. It's it's like a master class on how to stay warm in wintertime. I have, well, I am going to watch it, and I know we're going to talk about it today. Yeah. But I've just been so busy editing my trick video. Oh, absolutely. I got it done yesterday. 
Is it coming out next week? Or are you going to uh, make it a Christmas gift and give it to us on Christmas Day? I'll probably release it on Thursday. Ooh. So, or Friday. Free Christmas gift. Yeah. but So when everybody's freezing from this vortex, uh-huh, you they can to, watch your video. You need to uh, stoke you a fire in your fireplace, curl up on the couch, put this video on YouTube, and just sit back and yeah, enjoy and, and 10 if, minutes of entertainment. And if you don't have a fireplace, get you a little table, uh-huh. put a bunch of candles on it, light them all. Yeah, if you don't have that, you just break out the backpacking stove. There you go. There it is right there. <laughs> Turn on your jet boy. Get out the BRS and go for it. <laughs> Light that in the living room. Okay, so let's talk about staying warm. Uh-huh. The number one enemy of staying warm in the wintertime when backpacking is sweat. Oh, yeah. Period. Getting wet. Number one war, war, like, you can wear stuff to keep your body dry on the outside, like uh-huh. raincoats, you can take umbrellas, you can do things to stay, keep yourself dry, but when everything underneath your clothes gets wet, that's when you got a problem. Mm-hmm. So, Jeremiah, I'm going to open the floor up to you. Okay. How do you prevent yourself from dealing with that, with everything getting soaking wet on the inside? How do you keep from sweating when you're right. backpacking in the winter? Let's start with the basics. I learned this from Survivor Man. That's Survivor a good person Man, to learn from. Les Stroud. Yes. He produced his own videos and then got this um, network television deal with Discovery Channel. And he is out there all by himself filming. And I watch these episodes where he is just, he's wearing snowshoes. He's in Arctic temperatures. And I'm like, this guy's literally, like, if he doesn't do it himself, he's going to die. Like, if he doesn't right. stay warm, if he right. starts sweating. And this is where I learned it from, was from him the first time I'd heard it, is like the layering system. So, yeah. you, the colder it's going to be, probably the more layers you need. But the best thing about layering is you start with uh, something nice and cozy next to you. I prefer like a merino wool or a wool blend. And you you slowly add thicker and thicker layers or uh, I'm not sure the best way to describe this, but, you know, they have like puffy jackets now. They're super puffy and uh, they trap in the heat. So, you know, as you're starting close to your body and getting further out, you got more layers on, and then you got a hard shell. So if you are experiencing weather or something, not only is that trap in heat, but it prevents water from getting in. Yeah, usually some kind of a raincoat or something like that. Yeah, and so when you're moving, you actually don't need a lot of layers. And there's this old uh, saying that you hear all the time, or at least I Be do. bold, start cold. Be bold, start cold, because yep. what happens is you have all these layers on. You're nice and toasty at camp, or you're getting out of your vehicle or whatever, and it's cold, you're getting started. And then you immediately start to sweat. And like you said, that is a killer. That's the enemy. I mean, you, the worst thing that can happen is for you to get so wet that you start developing hypothermia. Yeah. Because if you're miles into the woods and you start developing hypothermia, it's going to be really hard to get out of the woods. Yeah. And that's dangerous. That's super dangerous. And like one of the things, just to go along with your base layer thing, that I try to do is make sure whatever I'm wearing closest to my skin mm-hmm. is sweat wicking. I don't That's care what idea. it is. It's got to be sweat wicking because I don't want anything. I have no cotton mm-hmm. next to my body in the wintertime at all. Yeah. Like in the summer, it's not so bad because in the summer, it's hot. Yeah. And sometimes it sounds weird, but um, I think it was, uh, I can't remember who put the video out about it a while back, but sometimes those cotton shirts in the summer get real wet, but they feel kind of good when there's a wind that comes through because it cools your body down. Yeah. But in the wintertime, you, it's a no-go, like ever. Never do it. Yeah. Uh, sweat wicking shirts are the way to go, whether that's a merino like wool yeah. or like this is a, this is alpaca. Oh, yeah. That's you know? nice. Yeah, this is a, 
I call it my fur shirt. I like um, the Smart Wool. Smart Wool. Smart Wool is a good brand for yep. that kind of thing. And even get, even your Under Armour stuff. You've got yeah. Under Armour stuff that's that's sweat wicking. You can wear too. Yeah, um, like the three See, Under Armour's weird. Uh, the way they um, the way that they rate their stuff. Like, I think we should also talk about the bottom half of you. I have Under Armour leggings, and you can get like 1.0, mm-hmm. 2.0, 3.0, 4.0. And the higher you go, the uh, more insulated it's going to be. Right. So you have to think about where am I going to use this stuff? Because if you want to exercise in it, you probably don't want to get the 3.0 because you're just going to sweat. Yeah. Like, you're going no underwear. And the very thing we're talking on. about is the big problem. Yeah. Sweating. So, so you may want to uh, really consider when you're going to wear those. Because, like, I, I think I bought some Under Armors a couple of years ago, and for that bottom layer, they're like $70 or $80. Yeah. So if you're going to drop that kind of cash just on a base layer, you want to know exactly where you're going to be using it. Um, but when it comes to the smart wool stuff, you buy it by the weight. Yeah. Like you can get 150 gram, 250 gram, and so on. You can do it as top or bottom, like the leggings or like a long sleeve or short sleeve tee. Do you know how the weights work on the 150 gram and the 250 gram? No, why don't you tell us? Well, I had to research it more. Some every <laughs> every time <laughs> I bring it up, know. <laughs> yeah, every time I bring it up, uh, like in a video or something, somebody in the comments will really unpack it. Yeah, but I never can. Keep a hold of the knowledge. I mean, I'm only assuming that the heavier the weight, the more insulation it's going to be. Is. It is. Just because it's a, it's it's probably a lot like, um, like it, goose fill. Like you've yeah. got you got different fill powers. You've got 650 up to to a thousand now. Yeah. And when you get to a thousand, you need less of it to insulate your body because right, so, it's more fluff. It's taking up more volume, so it's insulating better. Well, and the, the whole secret to to insulating your body with a lot of things in backpacking is space for air to be heated up mm-hmm. and and then to insulate the opposite side of it so that that doesn't get cooled from the other side. Yeah. And, and that's really kind of the secret with down specifically, and even like sleeping pads, which we'll get to in a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's just being able to trap warm air inside of those. And as long as that air stays warm, your body stays warm. Right. Right. So the, the, that's why layering correctly mm-hmm. allows the down to do its job. Yeah, you're trapping that air, and the air is keeping you warm. Yeah. So what is your personal layer system? Can you walk us through that? Yep. So whenever I'm hiking, I usually am in just in a base layer. I mean, it could be like 38 degrees out, and I might have I might throw my rain jacket on top, and it has like uh, vents for your armpits. So again, you're trying not to sweat. The colder right. it is, the, the harder I'm trying not to sweat. Right, right. And... Um, you know, if you're out there and you're actually surviving, it would be to the point where you actually slow down, like, your movements. And, you know, if it's if it's super cold and you're just out there backpacking, you probably have, like, extra layers and stuff to change into once you get to camp. Right. So right. it's not as big of a deal. But I will do, uh, if I'm actually just backpacking, one, maybe two layers. But if I'm at camp and I'm trying to stay warm, I usually have on my base layer and then um, Outdoor Vitals which is one of our sponsors on this, not today's episode, but um, they make some different layers. And one that I like is their hoodie. So I'll put on that, and that has a... Is synthet- that the Vario? <clears throat> no, it's the Ventus. Or it's the Ventus. You like mm-hmm. the Ventus? 
the Ventus, and it has vents in the armpits mm -hmm. too. And so that way, if I'm moving around some, or if it's super cold and I'm hiking in it, right. I'm not sweating. And then on top of that, I'll usually do a puffy jacket. And where we live in Kentucky, usually it's not that cold. I mean, like if you're backpacking. It um, might get into the 20s. Yeah, it'd be in the 20s. You know, if it's really cold, that's like teens. Yeah. So other than the puffy, I have brought two puffies. Mm -hmm. And um, I've actually got a different Outdoor Vitals jacket heading my way right now. Which one is that? It's their uh, the four season jacket. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head. Oh, uh, I've got one on its way. I'll look it up right now on my phone while you're while you're talking. Yeah, they they had sent me an email. It's the Nova Pro jacket. Nova Pro. That's the one that's yeah. it's on its way. That's a good four season jacket. It's a four season jacket, and the way it's set up, and this is this is important too when you're doing um, puffy jackets and stuff. The less stitching on the outside of the jacket, uh -huh. the less drafty the jacket is. Punching holes in yeah, it. Yeah, you're punching holes through the jacket every time you put in a baffle. And it and that's compressing a location that the down could be. Right. But that's a delicate balance, I think, too, because, you know, they there's some sleeping bags that are vertical baffles versus horizontal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if the if the baffles are perpendicular with your body, then that means that the down could kind of shift overnight while you're laying there and fall off of you. Right. So you could get cold. So it's a delicate balance on whoever's manufacturing these jackets, how they pack them. Well, it's always fun doing a, a podcast with a mathematician because you bring up words like <laughs> perpendicular, which really outside of math, nobody uses that word. I guess engineers yeah. do, but that's math. Yeah. So, but but here's the thing: the the new jacket that we were just talking about, and I just forgot the name of it already. Nova um, Pro. The Nova Pro. Mm -hmm. um, it's got less stitching through it. So and is so it the down? It's it's kind of a weird grid pattern. Mm-hmm. But it's got less stitching, so there's is less it, places for draftiness in the jacket. Is it goose down? I believe so. Yeah. Well, okay. it's their it's their uh, down tech version that they so have. I can't remember what they call theirs, but theirs is a little different. Is it a synthetic that simulates goose no, down? It's. I think. I think it's down and synthetic. I think it's a blend of the two. Okay. So that it allows it to get a little wet and still insulate. Yeah. So and that's yeah. important. That's that's a huge deal. You know, a lot of people don't think about like it's snowing. I don't have to worry about it getting wet. Well. Yeah, snow melts. Yeah, especially <laughs> whenever it's landing on your warm body. Yes, and so like a lot of people think, well, I'm in snow, I don't need to worry about covering up my down jacket. And then they get to camp, and it's soaked, and it's soaked through, and your shoulders and your, your upper back are getting frozen mm -hmm. because that whole part is wet, and that and there's no insulation over there. Right. And so uh, even even in snow, like they, when we get snow in Kentucky, it's usually wet snow. Yeah. It's usually wet snow or it's freezing rain. Those are our two options most of the time from mm -hmm. down here. Sometimes together. Sometimes they join forces and create havoc for everybody. But that kind of snow doesn't sit. It melts immediately, like when it hits, mm -hmm. and it'll soak you. And so just because you're wearing a down jacket and it's, it's snowing doesn't mean that you should probably hike in that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or wear it by itself. You may want to put a cover or put a hard shell over top of that, even though it's not rain. That's true. Uh, let me add a couple other things about clothing. And I also want to talk about gear and stuff too. Yeah. Um, so we've covered kind of the layering. Uh, I want to talk about the head, hands, and feet. Yes. So these are things that, um, you know, it's, it's really important to keep your core body temperature up. Yes. Right. Uh, but also like our hands, I know you talked recently about your new, um, Gloves slash mittens. Yeah. Yep. That's got the finger holes. And I had Bridget to, I asked her, I texted her and had her 
to bring me like um, a little hat that I was talking about on the last episode. Oh. But she just tossed it in the door because she, yeah. I guess she thought that she was going to be inconspicuous. And uh, It's a little fleece kind of thing, yeah, isn't it? I'll let you check that out. So hat. What is this stuff called? There's a name for this kind of fleece. Uh, I don't know. I have to look. I'll look here in just a second. But that's a yeah. double layer Yeah. on the hat. I always suggest covering the head. That's a single layer. Yeah, this is, definitely gonna, this is going to definitely keep you warmer. Yeah, I've been I've been wearing that. And this right here, ignore my dog hair. That's just love from oh, the dogs. Oh, it's buff okay? there. That's a buff. Same material. Yeah. But it's almost see-through. Yeah. So cover your head with something. Yeah. I like a... Uh, these are really cool. And, and they're again, you want light. to breathe a little bit, too. Like, you want warmth, but you want breath, because right. if if it's all just warmth, it's all sweat. Yeah, if you start sweating, take the first thing that comes off on me is my um, hat. Yeah, because that, what a lot of people don't know is that the three places where most heat escapes your body is your hands, your head, and your feet. Is that that's, true? That's where, yeah, that's where most, most body heat escapes your body, because they're the three areas that, if they're not covered, you know, they're, it, it's just... That's where heat escapes. Mm-hmm. So if you're not covering up your head, you're not trapping body heat in. Yeah. If you're not covering up your hands, you're not trapping body heat in. And the most, and when when your hands get frozen, man, setting up a tent or a hammock, dude, the dexterity. Oh, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> That's why I love those mittens we talked about in the last episode because mm-hmm. they're 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 cutouts. The fingers are cut out, so you can use your fingers when you need to. Yeah. But then you have those mittens to bring them back over and warm those fingers back up. I have uh, these Sims fishing gloves. If y'all have trouble finding, um, you know, like wool gloves with that are fingerless, I would uh, look in the fishing section. Yeah. You know, because fishing, a lot of people use baitcaster reels, and you got to have access to your thumb. You yeah. Know? Otherwise, you can't cast. Do you use a baitcaster? I do. And So let me ask you a question, totally fishing related. <laughs> okay. How many times have you, like, totally janked that thing up when you caught it just wrong? Oh, more times than I can count. <laughs> I, mean, I, I feel like I have a quota that I have to meet every time I go fishing <laughs> of back-spoiling the, oh, the baitcaster. I used to be so bad at that. Like, when I first got my... Anyway, okay, let's get back to the important stuff. I just had to know. So. Yeah, I do that all the time. All right. But, um, yeah, cover your head. I like the... Uh, I talked about my Patagonia. It was wool on the outside, fleece on the inside, yeah. beanie. That's good. Wearing a buff, which is like the neck gaiters. I know with COVID, probably everybody has one of those now. Yeah. So uh, I'd I'd wear one of those. Well, and I've got actually I've got an Appalachian Gear hoodie or not hoodie an Appalachian I'm wearing an Appalachian Gear hoodie. I have an Appalachian Gear a beanie, mm-hmm. and alpaca is really good at wicking sweat. Yeah. And so I love the hat because I rarely my head rarely sweats when I'm wearing it mm-hmm. because it really does let that moisture escape. And I've also got a neck gaiter. And I'll pack a neck gaiter. Yeah. And it's the same thing. It gives me good warmth, but at the same time, it doesn't trap moisture inside of it. Yeah. Um, I remember hiking last January, February, I think, mm-hmm. with my buddy Brian. We went down to the Red River Gorge, and we we went in the Oxia Ridge loop, and we were down in that lower part hiking up. Mm-hmm. And that little hill coming up at the very end is a pain in the butt. Yeah, it's a beast. So so we're we're coming up that, and of course we're sweating, and it's cold out, and it's supposed to get really cold that night. And so we're hiking up, and we get to the top. I take my backpack off. The outside of my shirt was wet, but my back was dry. That is insane. It's just crazy. Like, the the stuff that, the technology that goes into clothing, mm-hmm. that's, why, that's why I really encourage people, get sweat-wicking clothes. Yeah, sometimes you have to pay a little more 
too to get the quality clothing. But well, and you can also go to Walmart. And they have sweat wicking stuff you can buy yeah. there. Like uh, Russell Athletic sells stuff mm-hmm. at Walmart. I use a Russell Athletic shirt to hike in all the time. Yeah, it cost me like ten dollars. That was what I had on my first trip. Was I was like, I know I need moisture wicking stuff, so yeah. I just went and got like a starter or a Russell like Walmart brand yeah. T-shirt. And same thing you go to the gym in. Yeah, I mean it, that kind of stuff is, is just invaluable to keep this to keep the moisture off your body. Because when you get to camp, you can change clothes. Right, right. And it'd be nice if you didn't have to dry your body off in the process of changing your clothes. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So um, another secret, and this is just something to throw out there as a tip: in winter backpacking, if your clothes do get wet, don't set them beside you. Don't set them inside. Your, sleep with them. Put them in. The sleeping bag or the the quilt with you, and they will dry overnight. Now, how wet is too wet to put them in? Now there? you don't want them sopping wet. But if <laughs> That's they're moist, what I always, but I if hear, they're moist, I hear people say this, and I just imagine, <coughs> like for example, whenever my pants, I told you earlier, my pants were frozen. Right. Okay. And it, it was forty degrees and raining the whole day, and no matter what I did, I was going to get wet. Right. Right. And so I took those pants off. What should I have done with the pants? Now, remember, it's dark. There's no fire. There's snow on the ground, and it is in the 20s. Yeah. So do I wring out the pants and then put them in my sleeping bag with me or what? So was it was it freezing rain on you at that time? Was that what it was? No. I, I don't think that we started getting any snow or sleet until, like, it started to get dark. So I guess how the did they get wet then? Was it sweat? No, it was raining all day. Oh, raining all day. The okay. whole day it was raining. So you couldn't start a fire that night because there was no dry wood. Well, at the time, I don't think I was... Not only was I not in the mindset to start a fire... I didn't want to was, deal with it. It was active rain, and I don't think I had the skills to start a fire after after it rained all day and it's 40 degrees. I don't think that I had the knowledge or the skills or the motivation... To try to get a fire going. Yeah. In the rain. Well, and, and pro tip for anybody who's doing any winter backpacking, mm. in winter, cheating, don't don't get caught up in purity of anything. Bring fire starters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> bring fire starters. Like, there's nothing wrong with them. Mm-hmm. Because bring two or three if you need them. Like, you need fire. Like, I, yeah. I don't care what anybody says in wintertime, you need fire. Yeah. Summertime, you may not, because it just it, sometimes it's, if it's like 80 at night, I don't want to sit around a fire. No. I don't want to sit around a fire and sweat more. Like maybe bring a lantern. Yeah, but I'm not going to do a fire. Yeah, and, and so, but in the winter time, it should be a non-negotiable. You're doing a fire because you need the heat. You need the warmth. Those uh, really cold. I was telling somebody about this yesterday. I think the really cold butt hangs, like we were talking about earlier. Yeah, I feel like they do two things: they feed the fire and they feed their face. Oh, the whole That's time. About it. They eat yeah. crap tons of food, yeah. and they sit around, and they make the biggest fires. Like, I don't know if you've seen pictures of these things. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we went to one in Michigan several years ago, yeah. and, but, man, they built these huge fires. Uh-huh. It's like you're not getting cold sitting around those fires. I remember I sat, when we went to the one in Michigan, I sat around this fire for, like, three hours. I never moved oh. because you move five <laughs> inches, and it's, you're freezing. <clears throat> I remember I did the same thing. We So there was a U.K. game. That was coming on. I remember that. And you and, and Jason went over and watched it on an iPad or something. Yeah. You don't want to get too far away from the fire. Sometimes you just want to sit there and just enjoy the warmth. It's right. So cold. I, exactly. <laughs> so we talked about everything on the the clothing and all that except for socks and shoes. Yes. Okay. 
So on the socks. Yes. They make these um, seal skins. You tried the seal skins, dude. Right? I've been using them for years. Okay, tell Since everybody twenty twenty one. Tell everybody what seal skins are, and then uh, we can elaborate a little well, bit. Well, your feet are another thing. You don't want to get cold and wet. Yeah, like you just don't want to. And and wet feet in the wintertime could be borderline deadly. I mean, frostbite mm-hmm. on your toes is not good because you walk on your feet. Yeah, and what's weird is when your feet do get wet in the winter, when you keep moving, keeps your feet warm. Yeah. Because whenever you stop, that's whenever they start getting cold. And it's and really hard to get them warmed up yeah. at night. And so um, seal skins are great. They're they're the only waterproof sock I've ever seen where I've worn them all day hiking. Mm-hmm. My feet stay completely dry but didn't also sweat like crazy wearing them. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how they do. I think it's probably witchcraft. As I say many times on the show, there's witchcraft involved. Uh-huh. I think they sacrifice seals. I think you're right. I think that's why it's called seal skins. Yeah, they I actually think... sacrifice baby seals uh-huh. in order to get the witchcraft to be able to keep your yeah. feet from from moisturing up. They don't even those... need the the seal skin. I think that they just do it to appease the uh, backpacking gods. They do. They do. That's exactly what it is, and it's it's disgusting practice. But yeah. thank you for the good socks. Yeah, I still buy them. Yeah, they're fantastic <laughs> socks. Um, <laughs> but no, they uh, the socks uh, they do just a really great job of keeping your feet dry. The big secret to those is you try your you, you just don't ever put them in a dryer with heat. Oh, you I didn't put even a think about that. No heat in the dryer because it can melt that membrane. Yeah, it does. If it gets feel, too hot, it's not rubbery. But it kind of reminds kind you of... Kind of is. Yeah, it's kind of a rubbery sty- type of so membrane. Mine feel like they're too big. Not too big, but they're kind of a weird-fitting sock yeah. with the texture of them. And well, they're double-layered, yeah. which works two ways for you. One, it, it wicks the moisture out, mm-hmm. but it also keeps moisture from getting in. And two, because it's, it's, it's double-layered, it actually has the help, it helps you with uh, blisters. Because you don't yeah. get the same kind of rubbing when you're hiking with them. So you do a sock liner. I then, don't. Oh, you those. just do straight seal skins? I, I started doing straight seal skins the last few times I went out because wow. when I wore the liner, the liner made me sweat. Uh, made my feet is, sweat. It's an extra layer it in there. It's an extra layer in there. So I quit I quit wearing those. And I just wear the seal skins and I found out my feet stay drier. Mm. That's interesting. I don't know if I could advocate for that. You don't have to, man. It's just you. <laughs> we're just sharing what we do. Yeah. And. It works for me. Uh, I think I think a lot of people don't like because it has a weird feel to it. That's what it is. You know, I'm wearing cotton socks right now. Yeah. I'm wearing Nike Performance socks. I'm wearing Walmart cheapo Hanes socks right now. Well, those are great too. Yes. But that cotton feel, that's what you just get used to. Yeah. Right? And the seal skins don't feel like that. So if you buy some, and they're expensive too. And they're, they're a wild mix of synthetic and natural fabrics. Yeah. So... And I got the ones that come all the way up to, like, your knee. Did you get those? Mine are up to the calf because my okay. calves are too big. Nothing ever fits over them. Okay. Well, these fit over my calf. They pull right up to. Yeah. I honestly think looking at the screen right now, my calves are as big as your thighs. <laughs> that could be. I don't know. I, I, I got the nickname Calfzilla several years ago. So That's a good it's, nickname, it's, dude. Uh, it, they're, they're, they're very that, large. That means that your calves are way stronger than mine. That's what it means. Well, they carry way more weight than yours do, so that does, that's part yeah, of it. That could be too. That's it. You know who else has big calves? Who? Taylor McDonald, Southern Hike. Oh yeah. He and I went on a backpacking trip this past year, and we compared calves. We got some big calves between Dude, the two. Dude, he of us. shows off those calves too. I've never seen him wear pants. Why should he? I wouldn't wear pants if your legs look that good. Yeah, my, my legs don't necessarily look good. I just have big calves. Rock those calves, bro. They're huge. Hey, we were in. Uh, 
we were doing Mount Rushmore. We were doing like oh, a four-day yeah, yeah. trip around there. And he wore shorts the whole time. And I was like, dude, shorts there are probably better. It was at the Red River Gorge, I believe. Yeah. And it was really cold. I remember I had the, well, it wasn't super cold, but it was cold. It was too cold for shorts. Yeah. And yeah. I, I remember um, I had the Duplex L. I was trying that out. What that a great night. tent. Yeah, it's a good tent. It's a great tent. Taylor set up about 10 feet from me. <laughs> it, it got tied up there, dude. We had so many people up. We were yeah. at Hanson's Point, if I remember correctly. And uh, we was like, Taylor, you're you're a Georgia guy. Yeah, I know your blood has to be thinner than mine. How are you not? How are you wearing those shorts, dude? It's freezing. Uh, I don't know. I just always wear shorts when I'm backpacking. He had on, uh, I think, one one layer on top of his base layer and yeah. shorts he's just sitting there he was perfectly fine here i was every layer i own you don't like cold though your body doesn't handle cold well i don't like the cold so on the shoes um that's what i was gonna uh, let me ask you a question about shoes okay let me ahead. ask you a question about shoes because this is something I've, I've had conversations with people about all right trail runners or boots in the wintertime <sighs> and, and and more specifically non-waterproof or waterproof Wow. A lot of nuance here. There is. Okay. There is, but it's it's worth it. It's a good question to ask. Uh, I think it's going to depend on your situation. All right. Luckily, we have this long-form long form platform here on the podcast, and we can talk about each circumstance for as long as we want. As long as we want. Okay. Yes. we got nothing but time here. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. Although, so, we do need to go eat lunch soon because I'm starting to get hungry. Yeah, I'm hungry too, but... Let me also say this coffee. Oh my gosh, dude. I got a decaf caramel macchiato. And I got one from yesterday from Starbucks. It's never consistent at Starbucks. I could go to one Starbucks and get the same caramel macchiato. Really? And it's really, really sweet. I could go to a different one. It's bland. I go to a different one. They do caramel drizzle on top. So whenever you get to the very bottom and you're drinking just the foam and caramel. You're like, wow, this is sweet overload. Other places, no caramel drizzle. So, well, that doesn't make any. Okay, so just just a heads up. I worked. At, I used to work at Starbucks. Yeah, there has to be a standard. There is a standard. The fact they don't taste alike makes no sense because well, they everything, taste alike. Everything is a method. Everything should taste exactly the same. No, it's a corporate store. The, somebody's messing up. Get it together, Starbucks. You got some lazy baristas yes. at Starbucks if that's happening. Don't even hold a candle. How good Mono's. It's our boy Aaron up here, man. Yeah. Like, it's our boy Aaron. He's doing a killer job with the drinks, man. He's doing awesome. And I got to say, this is absolutely delicious. Yeah. Every time I want to talk, I take a drink of this. Yeah. And I'm like, mm. My iced chai didn't make it very long. No, I like to savor the it, flavor. It was gone quick. Super okay. quick. Okay, so, so let's, talk, let's talk this. Waterproof versus non-waterproof. Boots okay. versus trail runners. My winter trips, typically, but not exclusively will be one to two miles with weight on my back. Yes. Now, they could be an infinite amount of miles, but with setting up camp and stuff, that's going to be one to two miles from the vehicle, usually. Yep. It can be five miles or ten miles, but that is highly unusual for me. Yeah, same here. So, it's cold. I know I'm carrying a lot of weight. I 100% have a saw because we've talked about making fire. Um, I got all these layers. I probably got all kinds of luxury items too. I might bring a heated blanket. I might high back chair. High back chair. I'm like I'm walking a mile or two. I might as well bring fifty pounds. Yep. Anything I want. 
real food. Okay. Steaks. Now, on that trip, if the weather's going to be nice, you know, maybe it's cold, but no chance of precipitation. Right. Then I probably am going to go with a normal um, trail runner that I'd always wear, like a Hoka or um, Ultra or something like that. Yeah. Not waterproof. Now, if I am going, it's going to be winter conditions. We're doing a backpacking trip that's multiple days. And there's snow. I'm, I know I'm going to spend multiple nights um, on trail. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then if the weather's not going to be great, I'm probably going to do the seal skins with a non-waterproof shoe. Okay. But if if I'm going, I know there's going to be water crossings and stuff, and it's going to submerge my boot. I'm definitely going to wear the seal skins. Probably mm-hmm. not waterproof. Now, there's other trips, though, that I want a waterproof boot. Mm-hmm. And I want to use a gator. So, for example, we went up last April to um, Justin's stomping grounds. Is that New Hampshire? Uh-huh, up in New Hampshire. It's good in the woods. And he took us up in kind of in the whites in that mountain range. And that wasn't a mile or two in. You know, you're talking about... I don't remember how many miles it was. It was a pretty good walk, though. It took us several hours, and you needed micro spikes. You needed snowshoes. That's a different kind of trip. Polk sleds, right? No, no polk sleds on this one. Uh, snow wasn't quite deep enough for that. Okay. But at the very top. Well, I was going to say, when you got there, the snow was plenty deep enough, yeah. wasn't it? Well, it started out, it was like a normal day, and then you get up so many thousand feet, and then all of a sudden, there's snow everywhere. In some spots, you're stepping in and sinking down into your knee, to your knee, and then you're like, oh, I wish I had some snowshoes right now. Other right. spots, it's just straight ice, and you have to stop and put on micro spikes, otherwise you're going to bust your tail. Yeah. So on that kind of trip, I want um, heavily insulated boots that come up to, like, my calves. Yeah. And I want, or at least the bottom of my calf, and I want, like, snow gaiters or, like, a waterproof gaiter that I can attach to my shoe and that's going to go up to my knee and keep my whole bottom of my leg dry. Right. There's no water getting into my boots, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it really depends on what kind of trip I'm going on. Right. So hopefully that kind of answers your question a little bit. Yeah, I, it's funny because I haven't worn a waterproof boot on a hiking or backpacking trip since Kilimanjaro in 2016. Yeah, I've worn I've worn trail runners and seal skins. Have you worn the waterproof trail runners? No, honestly, I haven't. I've Usually. worn the seal, the seal skins. Yeah, that's um, a good substitute. And, and so my feet don't get wet. But what I learned. But the shoe does. Well, here's here's what I was, what I was going to say. What I've learned is that doesn't mean I'm going to keep doing it that way forever. Okay. Um, what I want to get my hands on is a, is a nice pair of comfortable boots for wintertime when I know I'm going to be in snow uh-huh. and water that may come up to my ankles um, just so it doesn't get down into the shoe. Because even though I'm wearing the seal skins, that water's cold. Yeah. And that cold water on the outside of a waterproof sock is still cold on your feet. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, I, I did a trip in the gorge, and I remember... Uh, I was with my buddy Josh, and we got there. It was probably like 40, 45 degrees. It wasn't that cold. Um, but we had like five water crossings. If, How deep? Um, just depended on the section. Most of the time, we didn't have to get our feet wet, but there were a few times you just didn't have a choice. Yeah. Or your feet slipped off a, a slick rock or, you know, whatever. Yeah. We hiked nine miles, got to camp, and my feet were so cold, and we could not get a fire started that night. Like, it... 
started raining in the afternoon, and it was on Hanson's Point, so a lot of the wood had been just exposed, gone. Like oh, already burned. Yeah, yeah. So many people. You know how it is sometimes. Sometimes you go up there and you can't find any wood. Sometimes you go up there after a big storm and there's tons of wood everywhere. Uh This is one of those times where there just wasn't a lot of wood. And it started snowing on us as we got so close to the top. That's tough fire making so, conditions. So we get up there, and, and we probably worked on this fire for an hour. And finally, I just looked at Josh. My feet were super cold at this point, mm-hmm. like super, super cold. So I looked at Josh, and I said, hey, I'll tell you what. Let's um, – I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> he goes, what? I was like, I was like – I think my hammock's probably warmer than me sitting out here at this point. Yeah. I'm going to go put a movie on. I'm going to go lay in my hammock. I'm going to warm my feet up, and I'm going to chill. Yeah. And he goes, all right then. So I go to bed. About and 20 minutes later, I hear, dude, I got the fire going. At that point, I finally got warm. And I'm like, good for you. Oh, you left him <laughs> out stayed, there. I stayed in the hammock. I was like, What's dude, warm forget in there? it. I was like, once I got warm, I don't want to come out. Mm-hmm. It, but uh, that day I was like, man, I don't think I'm going to do this trail runner thing if I don't want to have water crossings again. Because your feet just get so cold. Your feet just get cold. And it's not that they're getting wet, mm-hmm. but they were getting really cold. Now, on the, on the opposite side of that, I backpacked in Wisconsin in trail runners and seal skins. And my feet were better there because we had no water crossings mm-hmm. than they were in Kentucky where it wasn't as cold. Yeah. But because of the water, it just froze my feet. Now, were you having to continually hike, or is it one of those where, we're, like we were talking earlier, whenever you stop, you're not getting that friction, and then your feet get cold? Yeah, my feet would get cold every time we'd stop. Yeah. Um, but we really didn't stop much on that hike. Um, actually, I injured my knee on that hike. Uh, that was the one where I injured my knee, and that we it was about a mile and a half in at that point. We hadn't even gotten to, I don't think we had gotten to uh, Indian Arch at that point when I, I when you. I hurt my knee. But I just yeah. kept on going. We had another several miles, like seven and a half miles or something to go. Yeah. And so uh, I was like, oh, let's just go. It'll be fine by tomorrow. I was wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> I probably damaged my knee more than I need to by doing that. But so we get to camp, but my feet were just so cold because of the water. Mm-hmm. And so I, that day, I, I told myself, I was like, if I plan on doing this again in cold weather, mm-hmm. I'm getting my hands on boots, and I'm not, I'm not doing this in in water in the, non-waterproof shoes. Those the insulated boots, dude. They're the real deal. Yeah, they are. But if I mean, I can't just wear those in like forty degree, like a fall. No, 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 no. Because there's, there's, for me, they'd only be for cold weather. It's, it'll winter sweat backpacking. you. Yeah, they'll sweat you to death. Yep. So there's that. Now, now they do have they do have like um, all the different companies, like Ultra, all of them. They do high high top versions. Yeah. of their shoes, and you can most of those are only waterproof. It's like it's not really a boot. It's like a high top trail runner. Yeah, and but they do make them waterproof. Yeah, and so there's a part of me that's thinking I may go that route. Mm-hmm. Um, because my feet won't get wet. Because it was the only thing that made my feet get really cold was the fact that they got wet, and the feet didn't get wet, but my socks got wet on the outside of the socks, and so that was that was what caused my problem. So if I could. If I could find a high top trail runner that's that's waterproof, I may go that route instead of getting boots. Mm-hmm. Now some people think I'm crazy, I should get boots. And that's okay, you're allowed. What's so what's the difference between the high top trail runner and the boots in those people's minds? Probably insulation. Okay. Insulation and ruggedness. I would say an actual hiking boot is probably more rugged and will last you longer yeah. than a pair of, of trail runners would. But the difference is the weight. So the weight of a boot is gonna be more than the weight of a high top trail runner. Yeah. So fatigue comes into play depending on how much you're going to hike. There's just so much to balance. Yeah, it's, it's, 
it's like, what's more important? Are you wanting to hike and have less fatigue? Or do you want more warmth and protection on your feet? Uh-huh. It's just, it, there's, there's, always a, there's always a trade-off somewhere. I also wonder about, like, um, you know, with the trail runners, they break down faster. I feel like, I don't know, I guess whenever you're walking, and this I think is more of a common sense thing, you're compressing the sole of the shoe. Yes. Right? So it's getting flatter and flatter. It's providing less and less support. You're also rubbing off that that rubber off the bottom every yep. time you step on something or yeah, slide across you, something. Keeps you gripped to the ground. Yep. Like the tread on the bottom. Yep. So I wonder how good is it to keep using those boots. I wonder, like, whenever we talk about the longevity, I know the outside of the boot, I imagine, lasts longer. But I wonder about, like, the structural part of the shoe that gives you the support. Because, like, if you're walking 30,000 steps a day, mm-hmm. which you might be doing on a through hike. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, is How healthy is it for your feet to uh, to stay in that boot? Some people use them for 1,000 miles. And then other people be like, well, this trail runner, I've hiked 300 miles in it, and it's done. I'm, I mean, it's just it's cashed out. Yeah. I don't know. Well, the thing for me with the high top trail runners for winter backpacking, I don't do long miles. Yeah, so it's going to last you years, maybe. Yeah, they could could last me three, four, or five years. You never Mm -hmm. know. Just because I've only used them on occasion, but for the protection of my feet, like warmth wise, it's worth it, you know, just to make sure I don't get frostbite or I don't have extremely cold feet. I mean, I've developed uh, plantar fasciitis. You throw cold on top of plantar fasciitis, and it's like a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Well, one more thing about the shoes, and then I want to talk about the gear. So on the shoes, um, I was wondering if – I know you used them at your house, the little booties that I gave you. Yeah. Have you tried them on trail? Yes. Oh. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I got the ones from Outdoor Vitals. Uh Uh-huh. I like them better. Really fluffy and lightweight. Yeah, well, really fluffy and super lightweight. The only thing, uh-huh. I, and they pack down smaller. Yeah. The only thing I didn't like about the ones I got from you was the fact that because of the soles of them, mm-hmm. they um, they just don't pack down small at all. They're just kind of yeah. It's bulky, more of a they take thicker. Space. They're more of a budget. Um, I don't know how much Outdoor Vitals is, but the ones that I had bought are more like a. I feel like a big box store version. Yeah. And then what you have is like, if I were a backpacker and I were to make these, how would I make them so that whenever I lay down at night, they're going to get the job done, but packing them in my backpack, it's optimized. Well, the two booties together mm-hmm. are lighter than one trail sock. You know what I mean? Like, wow. Like, that's that's how light they are because it's just down and really thin, you know, ripstop nylon or something like that on yeah. the outside. I mean, it's like it's like super light. They're super light and they're small, but they, they keep your feet so warm. Well, let me uh, tell everybody real quick what that even means. So the booties, they're basically like a, a down sock kind of. Yeah. And uh, its job is to heavily insulate your feet whenever just, you're... It's just like a puffy jacket for your yeah, feet. It's exactly. basically the best way to put it. And uh, I bought some that are more of a budget, but you can like go on Outdoor Vitals or... Uh, What's the goose? 
what's the website? Goosefeet Gear. Goosefeet Gear. Yeah, yeah, they sell them. I always struggle because I wear size 15s. And so it, whenever I find a company that makes something, sometimes I got to snatch it up. Right. Otherwise, I have to go custom, and it's always more expensive. And you always got to message the manufacturer be like, do y'all make them in this size? Well, could you make them in this size? And then if they're not big enough and you bought them, then it's a disaster. Exactly, yeah. So uh, I would also suggest if you get cold feet at night, and it's not just for winter time. I take them in the fall, too, and in the and in the spring, depending on how much luxury weight I want to carry. Yeah. Otherwise, I just do like a, a wool sock that I never wear unless I'm at camp. Yeah. See, for me, my feet don't get horribly cold mm-hmm. at night. Once I'm in my hammock or in my tent – whatever, a sleeping bag, quilt, whatever it is, my feet get warm and they stay warm. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not like a lot of people where their feet get cold. My feet just don't get cold. Yeah. And so I only bring the booties when I know it's going to be cold. Uh-huh. Like when I know it's going to be cold, cold. Like anything 20 and below is when I'm guaranteeing I'm bringing them. And sometimes in the mid-20s I might bring them. Yeah. But I don't always need them for me. Now, but when it gets really cold, I need them. Like, a nice luxury item. And there's also, I can't remember who does it, but they also, you can buy... Kind of an outer shell for them, yeah. That, that, waterproof that, them that allows you to walk on walk with them and stuff. So if you have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, you don't have to take them off. Yeah, that's the worst. Yeah, when you have to take them off and go use the bathroom, and here's here's the thing about that: you're usually putting on wet shoes. Yeah, that are ice cold or like a really really cold crock. Like whatever the temperature is outside, you're putting a, a camp shoe on that's that same temperature, and it's waking you up. Oh yeah, that's the worst part. It's three a.m. You got to pee. You get up. And and now you're wide awake and going back to sleep is miserable because you've slept for so many hours that like <laughs> yeah. your body's now like, okay, what are we doing? It's like nothing. Go to sleep. But <laughs> yeah, but your body's ready to be awake now. I totally agree. Oh, it's awful. Okay, well let's talk. I'll real tell you quick what. Here's what we're gonna do. Okay. Because I have a feeling this gear thing uh-huh. is an episode all unto itself. Okay. So I'm gonna say we cut here with clothing. So today we talk right now. You guys are hearing about clothing next week. Tune back in on gear that will keep you warm in the wintertime. That's good. Let, let, let's see if we have some other stuff sprinkled in there, too. Yeah, let's see what happens with it. So, <laughs> for myself and Jeremiah, thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Adios, folks.